Welcome to Chats Over Coffee with my yoga teacher. This is a podcast where a comedian and a yoga teacher get together to create what is either the funniest yoga podcast in the world or the most yogaist comedy podcast in the world. Does that sound hyperbolic? I don't know. I'm trying to like big it up. I'll probably come across like a right idiot. Anyway, for further proof of my idiocy, here's this week's show. Obviously, you're homeschooled, so you wouldn't have had like PE. But did you, were you in like any sports teams or anything when you were growing up? Oh yeah, or? when I was growing up, I um I did a little bit of football, soccer, soccer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I hated that because someone kicked a ball into my chest, and it was the first time I ever got winded, like actually hit so hard that all the air goes out of you, like involuntarily. It was horrible. I was like, right, never doing that again. <laughs> you never have flashbacks when you're doing Kapoor party then. <laughs> no. that's that's completely controlled and then i did gymnastics and i did jazz dance it's not a sport that's a sport (laughs) kind of it's it's p.e you said p.e i'm telling you yeah all right okay yeah okay (laughs) i was rubbish at most sports which is weird because my dad was a professional sportsman and it's just like (laughs) i can run what did your dad do football play football yeah Yeah. yeah. it's not world famous or anything no yeah but yeah, I just bad at football. So what? What? Because people knew that he played football. When I first went to school, like secondary school, mm. I got picked first for like loads of football teams. By and and then, like slowly as time went on, I found myself going further and further down the pecking order. Once they sort of figured out that yeah, no, that's obviously skips a generation. So. <laughs> I've ridden bikes. I've got my heart rate up. You know, I, I'm cardio-wise, I don't feel like I have a problem with that. But running specifically made me feel pretty awful. You never seem out of breath in a yoga class. Oh, thank you. That's hard work. Ever seen a new teacher trying to teach and show off what she's doing? First thing you'll notice is you can't understand what they're saying because they're like... <laughs> 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 the first thing you try and do when you teach is obviously somewhat demonstrate what you're doing. Even if you don't always demonstrate everything, a lot of mm. teachers demonstrate what they're doing. And then if you're trying to talk while you're demonstrating, it's really easy to get out of breath. So if you're brand new to it, you usually get out of breath because you're not, you're used to taking those amazing deep breaths through your whole practice. But if you're talking, you can't, you're taking short little breaths in between talking. No, you never, you never give me an impression that you're struggling. Mm. Actually, sometimes you'll say, oh, I found that hard. And I'll think, well, that's, you know, it must be like when an actor thinks that they've had a bad performance and everyone's (laughs) sort of like, oh, it's just you saying that. Yeah, like, um, during the first lockdown, um, um, oh, what's his name? You know, Picard. Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart, thank you. So Patrick Stewart, during the first lockdown, read some of Shakespeare's sonnets and they were like, you know, just a couple minutes long or whatever he posted on his, on his uh, social media. But every now and then he would just start talking and start reading the sonnet and then just stop and go, I can do that better. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> you sound fine. <laughs> but, you know, obviously he's so attuned to what he's, you know, been doing for so long. Well, I do that because I don't know if you remember, but I do comedy. I forgot. <laughs> yeah, well, I forget sometimes. <laughs> but uh, in a couple of weeks, back on the, back on the horse. Hmm find out all of the jokes I've written in the last year don't work in front of actual people that'd be good fun <laughs> oh, man. the same thing happens your perception of it's you know different for me when I find something hard in a yoga class it's, it's because I have actually found it hard like you might not notice because a lot of the time for most for the most part students should be doing the class with me <laughs> so 
if you're in a plank and I'm in a plank, you're not going to notice that for some reason I'm shaking. You know what I mean? If I've got a little a little shake in my arms and then when we finish and I go, oh, I found that really hard, you might think, oh, that looked fine. But, you know, that tiny little shake, you know, you're hardly going to see it. So. Is it obvious when we're shaking? or No, I don't, I don't really see proper like wiggling shaking very often the the usually the time that i see the most is when we're lying in an l shape oh i was going to say that's when my legs wobble and Mm. i wondered if you noticed Mm. that because i don't know if they're supposed to do that are they yeah of course yeah yeah. your muscles shake when you're when you're taxing them yeah yeah well i said i said way back in the early days of of this and also just referring to the first few times i was trying yoga and muscles that just hadn't been engaged for a long time they do shake i used to yeah. shake in high lunges all the time like yeah, just like yeah, yeah. now it's a piece of piss you know coming <laughs> in and out of them, switching around warrior free easy ooh, stuff ooh, i mean ooh. yeah yeah so but it's, it's weird you don't judge how far you've come yeah. on a on a daily basis do you it's only when you look back and that so i do still get shaky legs when they're up in the air yeah. Because they, they don't go back very far either. I just feel like, I feel like that's when I feel useless when I do those things. <laughs> I feel useless in that and I feel useless in, uh, I want to get the Sanskrit name right. Um, s- no, no, I'm about to say, <laughs> uh, I was going to say Subtabanakanasana, but it's not that. It's, um, what I've just said, is that the thing where you put your, your knees go each side? Like Recline a, bound angle. So the supta, yeah. supta is the word used throughout all of yoga for every pose that is lying down. So supta means reclined variation of whatever pose you're going to say. Uh, so okay. you could do supta barakanasana, which is bound angle. So the feet together That's and the knees Always good side. to know if you're doing scrabble. <laughs> if, you've got, yeah. if you've got the, the letters to make up subta, you, you can do, you can add them to any other yoga pose. On the <laughs> so, yoga scrabble. Yeah. So. But no, no, I'm thinking of the thing where we're on the with our legs on the floor, and then we like go and touch our toes. Oh, um, just like when you're in an L shape, and then you fold forward. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's Paschimottanasana. You make us do that quite a lot. Yeah, every class nearly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I always think, yeah. mm, just because I know I can't touch them, I just sort of feel like... It doesn't matter if you can touch your toes. I know you say that every time, but it's all right for you. It's all right for you that can. <laughs> like, I never used to be able to touch my toes. I wasn't born. Well, actually, I probably was born able to touch my toes. And then at some point, that went away. <laughs> like swimming. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and then it came back. It's not that important if you if you can't touch your toes. So you're not going like it doesn't matter if you can't touch your toes, but then in your head you're going, <laughs> <laughs> look at them. I promise I'm not going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. So what's the next yama then? So have you looked up at all? Did you read up on it, or are you just going to wing it? <laughs> I'm going to wing it. They've been on your emails, haven't they, for the last yeah. few weeks? So I so think. So did, I... uh, did you do the practice? Did you, have you done them, the Tuesday classes? I have. So. So you will have done the uh, second yama, which is satya, satya. Yeah. Which is truthfulness. Yeah, I definitely did the class, but I don't remember anything you said in it. <laughs> I mean, you must have done, but <laughs> you know, and it's gone. Yeah. <laughs> like as I say. <laughs> it's just a yoga class. <laughs> so no, I don't remember. That's okay. It must be something that you didn't necessarily need to hear then. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, yeah, so satya usually translates simply as truth. 
or you know truthfulness or being true specifically in Tuesday's class and uh, what I have been trying to do as we have been going through all of the yamas is I've tried to specifically keep it in reference to your physical practice so for the class on Satya it was focusing on you know sometimes we go to a yoga practice we feel great and then the next day we come and we get on our mat and we feel awful maybe some muscles hurt in the back there's no real reason why they hurt we haven't done anything to make them hurt but something's not right and and then it's it, you need to be more gentle with yourself and i think that when we practice our yoga i think there's like a constant level of kind of being honest with yourself about how you feel right then I, there's two things that I say really gears you to having a more relaxed class. So like maybe taking the easy options every time they're offered and things like that. One of them can be you're actually physically exhausted. So if you've been doing other exercise, if you've you know climbed a mountain, if you've you know if you've been doing other things and you are physically tired or you haven't slept well or something like that, obviously that's a very good reason to take the easy options. And it's usually the first one that people think of. But there's also a level of exhaustion that comes from from the mind. So like if you're if you've been stressed, really worried, working really hard, even if that work isn't physical. So if you've been on a computer a lot, but you've been stressed about it, and it's a lot, you know really intense work, then you come to your mat and you think, oh, well, I need to move, I need to exercise, because I've just been sat all day. But if you've been really stressed, you might not need that. You need to bring the stress levels down first, which means an easier practice, which kind of goes against what you think you need because you're like, oh, but I need to, I need to exercise. But as we practice, we learn more and more about ourselves and our bodies. And then we have to be honest with ourselves about what we really need. So physically with your practice, telling the truth or, or satya really focuses on letting go of expectations that you might have had of yourself and experiencing how you are right this moment being really in the now and then making choices based on that it's actually quite hard to do to be honest especially if you've been practicing yoga for a long time because you expect a certain level of yourself you know oh well I always do headstands it's like yeah but if you if your neck just doesn't feel nice then it's probably not the best thing to do today (laughs) because I think a lot of the time when people go through the niyamas and the yamas and stuff, the first things that come to mind, especially when you talk about truthfulness, is obviously not lying, which is absolutely fine. You probably shouldn't go around lying your whole life. That'll get you caught somehow. <laughs> Someone's going to notice at some point. But <laughs> but like I was saying, in my classes, I was trying to come at it from a more physical point of view. But obviously, you can expand upon that. It is hard to not do things that you usually do when you practice. I don't know, you feel like... That it's um, not shame, but well, maybe mm. like you sort of feel embarrassed sometimes for not being able to do something that you usually. Yeah. I mean, I always find the balance, the crow crane balances are always like like that. I think like if you usually do that quite well, and then when suddenly you're like not doing it particularly, you know, just a bit off that day, mm. then I don't know. You, you get quite annoyed with yourself sometimes, but and then it means that. You're like chasing it, then, aren't you? That's, maybe that's not a good example. No, but it, it, but you're right. So, like, if you if you come into any balance, it only takes a little bit to shake yourself. So, like, what, first thing that's going to stop you from balancing is if you're thinking too much in any balance. Usually, with the really harder ones, especially hand balances and forearms and stuff like that, it requires a lot of concentration. So you don't tend to think too much. The other side, you tend to actually be 
somewhat okay in the balance aspect is the other bits that are starting to scream like the muscles <laughs> but if you have like a little wobble and you just for some reason you just can't get into it or it's just not happening in one class you know it's, it's like throwing stones into your you know your smooth pond it just sends all these ripples out and then they have to wait till all of those kind of I'm going to say insecurities, but like doubts and like, oh, what did I do wrong? What's wrong with me? Something, you know, you have to let them all dissipate a bit and let them go and then come back to it, you know. When you do something wrong, not wrong, not wrong. When you do something not as well as maybe you can do. Yeah. Then you end up sort of sometimes trying harder to compensate for the because you you know so you just it's like you're chasing it then yeah yeah you, it's like, oh i didn't that. do that very well so this next pose i'll do perfectly yeah you push something. it harder and yeah. then you, it's the same thing and then you don't get the best out of yourself from from doing that you end up making mm. more more mistakes because you feel like you're trying to chase or exercise the ghosts of doing the first thing mm. kind of wrong and and i probably don't do it i probably don't do that like as much as i've sort of said but it's sort of i can say it sort of kind of does happen a bit mm. you know has that got anything to do with honesty or something like well, I don't know. Yeah, or is that I mean, just or that's that's just like being present and all that stuff again just like every moment on its own merits and stuff and yeah because i think like like you're saying like oh if you if you don't do something very well or or you think you don't do it well whether that's justified or not then you might think like oh, like you're saying oh well, i'll make up for it next time but really the the real question is like was there something that was there that that stopped you you know was it something physical something mental and then do you need to let that go you know do you need to not push yourself and then the other thing as well, especially what you're saying about like if you tried to do a hard pose and you didn't feel like you did it as well as you have done in the past and then you try and catch up or whatever. Well, part of even the really hard classes is about finding ease in your practice. So there's no catching up there. You know, you just you breathe through each pose. You know, I always imagine like if you imagine like a, a panther or, a, you know, a really big cat in the Amazon or whatever you don't imagine them like struggling you don't see them all sweaty and tired and <laughs> you just see them like do what they need to do run chase jump through trees whatever they're doing the jaguars and stuff with ease they do it with ease they're they're naturally they've got the balance they've got the strength they're they're just there that's not to say their heart rate doesn't go up or anything i mean sure when they're chasing something maybe that happens and stuff but but i just mean there's that sense of ease in that moment. And I think that's what you're trying to get in your practice. So if you do something that you think, oh, I didn't do very well or I slipped up a little bit, well, there's not really a way to get that back, if that makes sense. So the best thing is to kind of be honest with yourself about why that happened. And and, and maybe it was just a fluke that happens. Or maybe, you know, there was a reason you were distracted. You were thinking about, I don't know, maybe it was food cooking. And you were like, mm, that smells nice. Ooh. You know, mm. and then... <laughs> I don't know. Maybe cat, maybe the big cats are more. You know, maybe they have more going on in their heads than you think. You don't know how you, <laughs> you you know you look at other people and you always think other people are sorted and they've got their you know and they feel a bit more solid than you, who's yeah. like always questioning yourself. And maybe that's what we're doing with the cats there. Maybe they are. <laughs> nah, they're super chill. <laughs> really? Oh, I don't know. I think you're <laughs> you're projecting them. I think perhaps yep. projecting my cat beliefs out. <laughs> Yeah, they do. I mean, there's probably loads of cats that are just sort of like complete nuts. I don't. I don't think lions are very chill. They seem pretty crazy. I think they're constantly worried. But uh, <laughs> but I think um, I think the jaguars and the pumas. I think they look pretty chill. They're always just hanging on branches, like so. <laughs> 
I don't want to tar every single animal with the same brush and say, oh, well, all the pumas are chilled out and all the things because, you know, they might do that to us and that wouldn't be fair, would it? Again, that's human exceptionism, isn't it? Oh, we're all different, but all the cats are the same depending on the species. I don't species, mind if the cats think we're all the so. same. They're probably like, what are you humans fighting about? You're all the same anyway. <laughs> Yeah, well, I say, don't fall into the trap of thinking that we're the only ones that are unique within our own species. I mean, animals are vastly different. I mean, have you ever had, I mean, you haven't had dogs, I don't think, have you? But dogs of the same breed are very different. Mm. Like, you don't get two dogs that have the same personality. I was actually talking to Andrew about this the other day. If you had humans that came in such different sizes as birds, it would be freaking weird. Just thrown out there. Because, you know, you got wrens that are like a few grams that are teeny tiny. And then you've got these like, even just here in England. So I'm not talking about like comparing different species from different continents and stuff. But like just here in England, you have massive like herons with like really long windspans and storks and eagles and all this kind of Could you imagine? It's a teeny tiny wren and then this giant eagle. Could you imagine if humans were that, like you have a little teeny tiny human and then a really giant human? <laughs> I don't know how theme parks would work that. I know, right? Could you imagine? We'd probably end up living segregated because we couldn't live together because we'd be so different. And you get some Romeo and Juliet story of like a giant <laughs> and a little thing, I don't know. So. Uh, anyway. It's just as well, isn't it? <laughs> um, so, back to, that, back to Satya, back to our bar of focus. I think something else that comes from this truthfulness, if we take it obviously off the mat and we're not thinking about it in our practice, there is your practical, very honest, you know, don't lie to someone. I mean, for the most part, I think that humans don't tend to have, or people, you know, I say good people, but you know, for the most part, people don't really have a problem with compulsive lying. I would think. I could be wrong. We, you, we all know one, don't we? I mean... <laughs> that one person that just lies about everything and it's so obvious now. <laughs> but like, assuming that, for the most part, we aren't trying to be lying people. We don't go around lying. But there are points in our lives where we come into a situation and we think... Like, I, I don't want to tell the truth because I'm either embarrassed or because it would be awkward or whatever. And then we have to make the decision, you know, like, if you want to be truthful or not. And I'm, and I'm not saying that following these kind of principles means that you have to never, ever, ever skirt around the truth a little bit to save someone's feelings or something like that. Uh, that's always been a big debate in, in the world, you know, white lies to... To, yeah, you look great in that dress when really they don't or whatever, you know, little white no. lies kind of thing. But I do think that in general, you know, the truth kind of changes and we have to change with that. It's not something that's just constantly right all the time. You know, we start to, you know, maybe someone that we really thought was uh, at a place to say something told us something and we believed it. And then later we realized that it, it wasn't quite right. And then you have to kind of change your own I'm going to say beliefs, that sounds really deep, but you know what I mean? You have to kind of change your own beliefs because we might have been told something that we thought was true, which ended up being a lie. So I don't know. I just think that being truthful to yourself is something that you have to constantly review every day. Just like you would if you were going to sit down on the mat and you're going to do your yoga, you have to be honest about how you feel. And that's the same in your life. You have to be honest with yourself about, you know, what your beliefs are, and why you believe that and kind of dig down into that a little bit and if you if you don't then you've got the chance of you know living something that isn't 
quite truthful to yourself. You know, you're you're forcing yourself down a path that you don't feel uh, resonates with you or whatever. Because people say be true to yourself, don't they? Mm. A lot, and I don't even know what that really. What does that mean? Well, I suppose when we when we don't look at it's hard because we only see the world from our experiences for the most part, and no matter how much we try, you know, we can only read so many books, we can only understand so much from other people's point of views. But like, if you would imagine that um, you grew up, in, say, in an extremely religious uh, family or something, and then and you just decided that that was it you didn't you couldn't you couldn't bring yourself to believe it you know you've yeah, I don't know say you went through a uh, university or something and you just decided like that's it I can't do this anymore I don't I don't agree how do you come to that point of telling your family and stopping whatever it is you want to stop like that is a really big step so I think I think that can kind of be an interpretation of being truthful to yourself because you could easily just slip into the habit of just doing it just because you have always done it and that's that even though you don't really believe it anymore. Yeah, I guess that's an example. Well, I think the thing is, is it's, is it's more like trying to convince yourself to do something that you don't necessarily want to do or like because you think that's like the best thing to do because someone else has told you that's the best thing to do. You know, the idea of parents pushing their kids to go to medical school or something, even though they hate medical stuff and they don't want yeah. anything to do with it. You know, it, it is kind of, I, that, I think it's kind of going down that idea of like, you could talk yourself into doing anything if you wanted to. You know, you could say like, oh, but if I go to medical school, I could save lives. You know, this would be a very rewarding career. But if you hate it, why are you pushing yourself to do something? Like there's another way you could help people. Yeah, yeah, I see maybe more what you mean there. But yeah, I mean, I suppose one example of that is with people that like are gay but can't tell their family and stuff. Yeah, is, yeah exactly. Is, you know, yeah. That feels like a example that I used to live with a guy that he was gay and he had two phones because he couldn't tell his family that he was gay but right. his his voicemail was a lot more camp on his <laughs> <laughs> on, on the phone that we we're allowed to use oh my gosh yeah <laughs> yeah so yeah. um it's sad yeah, but, it's I, but I'm not yeah, saying yeah. that like if you have something like that that you have to uh, tell the world that is not that is definitely not the point of that you don't have to be truthful as in tell the world but that is an example of being truthful to yourself he what he got to the point where he decided he was going to have two phones because he knew that he was the way he was and that doesn't necessarily mean that 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 he was right or wrong he just decided mm. that this is my truth so instead of trying to hide it he's just gonna have two phones <laughs> yeah yeah no yeah, i suppose yeah yeah because i guess it's like People that tell themselves that they're not, or live for uh, living marriages. People, I mean, so exactly. like, how many how many gay people got married like it, over a like hundred years ago? Like exactly. every gay every gay person was probably married pretty much to yeah because a woman. they because they thought well I've got to hide this quick get married. <laughs> I mean, I do also think that like there is still problems like that in the world, and they're saying big things that you know you have to think about and make your own decisions about. Um, and I feel like that you know, you can start to become more honest with yourself the more you sit and, you know, meditate or like a moving meditation. Um, thoughts come up and that doesn't necessarily mean it's a train of thought. You don't have to get there. It just comes. It's just a thought that just appears. And sometimes those thoughts can be quite clarifying in your meditations or your practices or, or your yoga or whatever, which I find can help people with these kind of bigger decisions you know, like if you're if you are talking yourself into doing something that you don't want to do, that's that's a bit life changing. Like what you you want to go to, or what you're you know what you're doing with with your career path or something like that. 
Right, okay, I sort of see what you mean. And I have decided that I'm very truthful with myself. Yeah, which is why I, you found yeah. it difficult to understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess never, so, yeah. You don't tend to lie to yourself, so... I mean, in terms of, like, what you want to do with your life and all that sort of thing, mm. I never have been under any pressure to do anything that I didn't want to... Like, I wasn't ever told you should... I mean, you said earlier on, like, my dad was a sportsman, but he never said, like... When I was born, it wasn't like here's a football, like we're gonna make, <laughs> like I never got to win the league, so you you will. Yeah, something. I mean, yeah, it would be exactly. putting his eggs in the wrong basket there. For, you know, but <laughs> well, you never you know. know there was, right. there was never any of that. Well, yeah, yeah I suppose yeah. if I was like, it's like Serena and Venus Williams's dad, isn't it? Just like yeah. absolutely, like, just drill them since mm. since birth. You know, for if I'd have had a unreasonable parent, I could have made it. <laughs> <laughs> and even just as simple as even not pointing your your kid in a direction of a career, sometimes just a life path of society can be enough. You know, you have to get married, you have to have kids, you have to go to university, um, you have to buy a car, get a dog, get a cat, get a... <laughs> and before yeah. you know it, your whole life is planned out for you. And you're like, what if I don't want to do any of that? Thank you. I mean, I don't want to sound serious, <laughs> but I, want, I do wonder, like, because you're not supposed to... This is, sounds bad. Lots of people I know that have kids, they just... They, it's been sort of the best thing that ever happened to them, really. Like, And they'll, like, you can say... They're not just saying that because they have to because they've got a kid now. But <laughs> I, do, I do one, you know, I wonder, like, how many people sort of half regret it but then can't really say it because it's such a it's such a taboo because they always say it's the best thing that's ever happened to me but really they think wouldn't it be nice if i didn't have kids <laughs> yeah no, no I mean, there must be must be loads of that but you're not yeah. you know it's such a it'd be such a you know i mean the... i've i've had like um something that i quite um enjoyed about my teen years and young adult years and stuff was um me and my dad are really close i would say we're still close but obviously distance is makes a problem you know just um because he still lives in america but um when i was younger we we used to stay up late talking and we we could talk about a, a lot of stuff and one of the things we did talk about was my younger brother and sister my younger brother is nine years younger than me and my younger sister is 12 years younger than me it's basically like they started over with their family <laughs> because my as me and my older brother who's three years older than me and then, and then this massive gap, and then two more babies popped out, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> and um, and and I love my siblings, and my parents love my siblings, and we all love each other. There's no, there's no doubt about it. But my dad has, you know, said like, oh, I wonder how much our lives would have been different if we didn't have these babies. Basically, it's like, you know, that idea of sliding doors. You know, so many things would have been different if they hadn't had two more children that doesn't necessarily mean he doesn't love them and want them but like that is something that influences my dad a lot because he's he's the main earner for my household you know through my whole childhood so when we talked about like what would have been different if they hadn't had those two more kids it was like mm, money money would have been the first yeah. thing <laughs> also like time sleep energy being able to go on holiday. <laughs> yeah. Not that we can only go on holiday at the moment anyway, but people are bound to, to have thoughts every now and then, but they probably don't say it unless it's those late night conversations that definitely aren't being recorded or put on any social media. <laughs> you know. But it's not like a either or thing. It's just mm. like it's not like you can have, you know, to 
put words in anyone's mouth or anything. It's like saying well, maybe there would have been good elements of it, but it's not like yeah. a black. Like it's not like a. It's not black or white, is it? It's, not it's like, very unlikely that you'll think, "Oh, everything would have been better if I hadn't had my children." <laughs> I mean, I don't want children, but there's probably some things mm-hmm. that, that might. There's some things that might be better if we did have them. Yeah, I, I think weighing it up, I probably I still prefer not. But yeah. you know, it's not like you're at a crossroads in one life, and, and you know, you're, one's mm. going to work out for you and one isn't. It's yeah. like that doesn't. That's not what life is usually like. I do sometimes wonder, like, I have a really good relationship with my parents and with Andrew's mom. And I do sometimes wonder, like, you know, as I get older and older and older, and, you know, as I get into my years of being, like, grandma age and stuff, like, who will I have? I mean... You'll have a robot. <laughs> we'll all have robots. a robot. <laughs> no, we will. We're all... No. I don't want a robot. <laughs> yeah, but you won't even know it's a robot. It'll be so intelligent. Oh my god! It will be like having a human being there, and and it, it may or may not have a soul, depending on what you think. <laughs> or, you know, but you will just have a robot helper. <laughs> no. Oh, I like so your positivity. It, it, it's gonna be I fine. Like positivity. I don't think we'll have a society by the time I'm eighty, but a robot, maybe. <laughs> well, might not be either or, but. <laughs> They'll be so cheap as well by that stage, I reckon. So you'll definitely, you'll have a robot, you'll be able to do everything, but to carry you around. Your legs aren't working, and you know, it could wash you. Uh, I don't know what everything. is going to happen. What you think is going to happen when I'm old? But I'm going to be able to walk. <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah, yoga is going to pay off, I suppose. Isn't it? Yeah. So it's going to do all the cleaning. Oh no. We're going to end up like those guys in Wall. Uh, is it Wally? Wally when they're all sat uh, in the chairs and floating around. That's a good film. That's my favourite Pixar film because it's bleak. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be great. It'll be getting, you know, all those high shelves that you can't be bothered cleaning. The robot is just going to be. And it, honestly, I'm sure they've done things like there's a Hoover that moves by itself and you can talk to. That little you tiny see, circle one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can talk to this like little Hoover, and apparently they've given elderly people these mm. instead of pets, and it's much better for their um, state of mind. So they end up talking yeah. to it like it's a human being because they so, don't because the robot doesn't die or need fed. <laughs> well, that, that's also helpful because you, it doesn't die out of even. I mean, if you want to try and kill it, you might have a problem. <laughs> but. Um, but yeah, the, after the initial weirdness of like mm-hmm. I'm talking to this thing, they do just talk to it like it's a human being, and it, it acts as company. So I mean, it doesn't have to all be like dystopian and Blade Runner no, sort no, of no. S to it. I mean, I love that film, like the <laughs> the sequel to Blade. Have you seen the Blade Runner sequel? I think so. Yeah. Oh, I just it's just amazing. I think, but um, and the ending of it with the Ryan Gosling sort of thing at the end is just like oh I love I just loved that when it happened but if you get over the fact that that you, you don't have to think about how artificial it is all the time yeah, right? yeah. you know because we're just conscious sort of robots to some extent anyway aren't we so what's what's special about us so, so biological robots so you don't need kids you get a robot <laughs> so right. is there anything else you wanted to <laughs> talk about no, I, uh, before we finish no, that's fine. I'll just say one more thing about Satya. If you think it fits in, then it fits in. We were talking about being honest with yourself and about is there something that we need to change about ourselves or adapt or something slightly. Not talking on the mat necessarily. That does require a certain amount of bravery, I think, 
Because, like, you have to be not just honest with yourself, but then if you find something that can be quite a big step to make, to be like, oh, well, I don't want to do this anymore, and it requires that bravery to take that further then. Well, I suppose that could come down to, like, because if you, you know, societal conventions or something, that, yeah. like, if you're... You know, if you have a sexual persuasion or like uh, don't want kids or whatever, yeah, it's like yeah. there's a social stigma to sometimes being on it. And you still get it now all the time. Oh, like. yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I talked to one of my neighbors and he's asking me why I don't have kids yet. Yeah, there you go. So, it's like, yeah. I don't, you know, you know, it's, it's, yeah. not, it's not a big deal. I don't find it personally insulting or anything like that. But I do sometimes wonder, like, like from my point of view, I would never ask people about that kind of thing. I might say, like, do you, do you have them? Like, do you, you know, yeah, do yeah. they exist? <laughs> but I would never go anywhere past that because I think that, you know, there's so much going on. Everyone's lives are so complicated and so different. And if someone has been trying for children and then they've decided that they just can't have them, that it's just not going to happen, and then people keep probing, oh, I don't have kids yet, you know, things like that, it becomes this actual, a bit of a trauma thing. They have to tell people every time that they can't have kids. And, you know, the words barren and stuff like that, yeah. I mean, they sound medieval, you know. <laughs> like, so, and then if you don't have anything wrong with you, then you have to try and justify why you don't want it. Like you're saying, because you're going against um, social norms mm. and that doesn't necessarily have to be just childbirth related. But it's, um, you know, there's loads of things that it's like, oh, but I don't want to live like that. You know, that's not what I want. And then stepping away from that norm whether that's from your family or from society or whatever, is a really, it is a bit of a brave thing to do. You know, I, mm. I feel like a complete idiot sometimes when I tell people I've been taking a degree for 10 years and I'll be doing it for another few years. Well, you know, you just keep failing the first year, so... <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not. I'm just no. going really slowly. <laughs> no, is it no, the equivalent I'm ne- of three years, but split, split over 10 It's a bachelor's in science, so that depends on where you go if it was three or four years. But it is a very... I'm just taking it very slowly. But, you know, like, that is my choice. But telling people that I'm taking, still taking a degree and I'm not full-time and I'm not even part-time, I'm part-part-time that's weird people find that really weird i mean they'll get over it but mm. <laughs> you know there is that sense that's that place for a bit of bravery a bit of like no i'm gonna you know i'm gonna stand up for myself and that's not saying you have to go up on your roof and shout at your neighbors about it or something weird <laughs> i'm doing but... <laughs> a degree and it's 10 years and i don't care <laughs> <laughs> exactly you know it's not mm. it's not something like that thanks for listening we hope you enjoyed the show and that's the truth don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. Nudge, 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 nudge. And then you won't miss any future shows. We'll be back in two weeks to talk about another Yama. So, get on it. Also, we love other people that like the show to find out about the show that don't already know about the show. So, if you do know people, then please do tell them about it or share our posts and stuff because it really helps. Uh, I don't sound desperate. Anyway, please. <laughs> right, see you next time. <laughs>